0: This episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class is brought to you by Get Your Guide. No matter where you are going on your next travels, Get Your Guide offers great ways to connect with your destination and make memories with locally vetted, expertly curated experiences. Things just as examples. You could go whitewater rafting in the Grand Canyon. You could take a tour of Pike Place Market in Seattle with a chef. There's a London Royal Parks and Palaces tour. All kinds of options wherever you are going. So discover and book your next unforgettable travel experience at getyourguide.com.
1: Your next stay. Find a stay for any you when you book direct at choicehotels.com where travels come true. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of
0: iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Tracy B. Wilson and I'm Holly Fry. We talked about William Marsh Rice and his death, which is often described as definitely a murder. But what is, I think, the most authoritative and thorough account of the crime and the trial and all of that ends on, and actually maybe, maybe it wasn't, maybe he was already dead when they gave him the chloroform. Some of the things that are cited... As reasons why this whole chloroform story uh, doesn't really add up, there was the thing that we said in the episode, which is that people would have been able to smell the chloroform when they walked in the room, and nobody reported it smelling like chloroform. Also, Charlie Jones described burning the sponge and towel in a, in the kitchen, uh, but chloroform is not flammable, so... It would have hung around. Yeah, the, it's... There's just some question marks. And one of the points that's made in that book, which is The Death of Old Man Rice, The True Story of Criminal Justice in America by Martin L. Friedland, is uh, that a lot of the things that are still question marks today around this whole case come from expert testimony that was given at trial. And expert witnesses still operate very similarly in courts today to the way that they did uh, in you know, the early 20th century when this case was still happening. Uh, So there are still instances when expert witness testimony is later revealed to maybe not make any sense um, and has, you know, possibly (laughs) led people to be unjustly uh, incarcerated. Um, I know there's been so much discussion of expert witness testimony related to things like uh, blood spatter patterns Um, that later there's been like an, oh, there's actually no scientific validity to all of this testimony about the spatter patterns, uh, things like that. So this is one of those things that, even though I picked this because it felt like kind of a kooky murder mystery uh, for October-ish time, uh, also has like relevance to how court proceedings still happen today.
1: I had a moment related to none of that early okay. on that that I had such envy where William Marsh Rice described his father as a person who had uh, a peace about him because he believed in, you know, providence. I was like, uh-huh. oh God, what must that feel like? <laughs> that sounds amazing. You, I, There's a pause when I, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's my turn to talk, but I had this, you know, millisecond daydream of like, oh my gosh, peace in my head? What is that? <laughs>
0: Wow. <laughs> I also had a thing that particularly struck me that's totally unrelated to either of the things that we have just talked about, which is that when William Marsh Rice was living, uh, you could be the second richest person in all of Texas for the low, low price of $750,000. Right? <laughs> which, yeah, that's that's not an amount of money that... that puts anybody into the rank of the richest person in texas at all at all at this point
1: no not not the i mean the richest person of most places yeah at least in u.s currency it's a weird thing it's just a (laughs) yeah i mean there i remember there being articles several years ago about how being a millionaire wasn't really a thing anymore like Mm-hmm. It was still a thing by definition, but it wasn't, it didn't have convey, have the same meaning that it had like in the 1970s. And I was just like, Yeah. Oh.
0: Especially because there are so many things that are like, if you want to retire, you need at least a million dollars.
1: And it's like, Wow. <laughs> I guess we all work forever now. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's what it is. What it, is. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was some months some months ago at least, I don't remember the exact time frame when uh, when my friends started sending me like little tidbits about this whole case. I put it on the list right away and then I decided to save it for more October time because in that window before you actually start researching something and you only have kind of the outline idea of what's happening, I was like, this feels to me like it might be kind of a, on a spectrum of Halloween movies that runs from, like, Clue to Friday the 13th. <laughs> like, something on the Clue end of the spectrum. And I'm not sure if that's really how it where it wound up, but uh, in terms of a crime in which many, many, many articles include the part about the butler did it because of his valet's <laughs> involvement, it does have kind of a goofy aspect. That way, that and the ridiculousness of how parts of life, like you just, this does not seem like you all knew what you were doing in this crime that you're trying to carry out. Now, I will say,
1: I did also have a moment where I was like, "That's very smart." Um, in the midst of plotting, which was the when uh, they were laying their paper trail, and they included real documents that had been signed by the forger to kind of establish the forged signature as the valid one. That was genius. Yeah, That one moment. Everybody has a moment. You know, a broken (laughs) clock is right twice a day. Um, That one moment was very, very smart. I was like, oh, that's, yes. And then they were doofuses. I was not cheering for them to do it, but I was impressed for a moment.
0: Yeah. Um, I did find some, some write-ups of this say that um, Rice was actually working with Patrick as his lawyer officially. And then I found other accounts that suggested that that was not the case and that, that it was just that Albert Patrick had, had created this facade, that he was the real lawyer. Anyway, there's a lot that went on and some question marks. Uh, this, the book, The Death of Old Man Rice, is like 400 pages long. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there are things in it that did not absorb into my psyche as I was doing the research. What you didn't memorize your entire source list? Yeah, I do. I do.
1: <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, it's not possible to memorize an entire sources every week. It's just
0: not. Nope. Yeah, my brain would be more broken than it already seems to be sometimes. So, anyway.
1: Privileges and start earning points toward your next day. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com, where travels come true.
2: You're listening to this podcast, so I know you care about history and what a period we're living through right now, specifically when it comes to the situation in Israel and Gaza. Right now, you're hearing a lot of loud voices screaming about genocide, massacre, and occupation. But these words, slogans, and various headlines are not enough to help you understand what is happening over there. And that's where this podcast comes in. Check out Unpacking Israeli History. Catch up on previous seasons and enjoy new episodes from Season 6 each week, where they cover many of the topics that are relevant to what's going on in Israel today. From the history of infamous terror groups like Hamas and Hezbollah, to the story of Nakba, to Israel's disengagement from Gaza in 2005, there's so much to uncover. Unpacking Israeli history cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. So educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli history wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Uh, we talked about William Palmer and uh, maybe some serial killing this week. Mm-hmm. Um, was a super fun topic. Potential um, poisonings.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> there were a few different uh, things that I wanted to mention in this behind the scenes. One, in some write-ups you will read about his case... There are discussions of a whole secondary situation where when he killed his wife, he uh, is believed to have had a mistress who may have have had a child with him as well. Mm. That was a little tricky for me to substantiate one way or the other, so I left it out because it also wasn't really completely germane since it really seemed to be about money and not some sort of, um, you know, I want to ditch my wife and be with this woman because that didn't seem to happen either. Uh the other thing that I kept throughout doing research on him I kept scratching my head over was the fact that he was a doctor and I kept thinking about that adage that occasionally goes around where it's like do you know what you call the person who graduates last from his medical school class a doctor mm-hmm. because <laughs> even people who scrape by still get the title um and he did seem to not ever be very invested in his education or his um, his career in any sort of you know passionate way right he was a doctor he seemed to know some doctors he seemed to exploit his friendships with some other doctors but the one question I always have and it it I don't know the answer to it is that um, John Parsons Cook if he did as came up in court testimony say to his friends that first night that he started to feel ill I think Palmer is poisoning me.
0: Mm-hmm. Why did he keep hanging out with it? <laughs> yeah. I also had some questions about that soup that appeared to be making people ill, but people kept eating it. What was up with that? Very strange. Just foolishness. Yeah, I don't. Were you that hungry? Like,
1: well, and in the case of the chambermaid, it's always described as like the soup had just been brought into the kitchen for storage, and she was like, oh, this is so, it smells so good. I'm just going to have a couple spoonfuls. And she just put a little bit in like a a saucer or something and had it. And that was all she had. Mm -hmm. But then she didn't think, hey, I shouldn't serve this. We should throw this out and not give it to this sick man again. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit weird. That also kind of gets into this very strange thing that, it's not strange, but it's evidence of a disturbing thing. That coupled along with the two chemist's assistants who were afraid of getting in trouble so they didn't record the purchase of strychnine. Right. Like that and then this chambermaid who let the soup go back to the the sick person that was staying at the hotel, it there's this side of it where it it feels like some versions of it kind of implicate them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, they were stupid and they let this happen. And it's like these are people in very low level jobs. Who do what they're told because they don't want to get in trouble. Right. Right. Like in the case of the chemists' assistants, I'm sure they were like, Well, a doctor came in and he told me he needed strychnine and I sold it to him. And I know he doesn't get along with my boss, but he's a doctor. Like Yeah. I got I found myself getting very angry on their behalfs that people were questioning whether they should be held responsible in some way. And I'm like, No. Because again, they're just they're, you know, young people who are just trying to probably keep their lives together with their low-paying jobs right there is a funny story that there's never any explanation given for this but it does make me chuckle a little bit but it's often said that palmer's last words when he went up on the scaffold to be hung were are you sure this damn thing's safe (laughs) what right and it's like uh, what an odd thing to ask! Like, are you deluded? Do you think you're going to make it out of this? I don't. It's a very strange, and I didn't, I didn't include that because one, it's so weird, and two, that's another one that's, you know, hard to substantiate. Uh, tales get told.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's not like that was ever part of like official court testimony because he had already been sentenced at that time. So it's that one was a little bit weird. Uh, William Palmer is a strange one. People love to hate him, but there is a wave of people that do question, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. his case was based, as we said, entirely on circumstantial evidence, which at the time passed muster, but certainly would not today. Yeah. And it is funny because all of the experts, like, I mean, there were dozens of medical experts, like the defense alone, I think called like 15 or something. And all of them were like, well, I mean, we don't really know about strychnine and people exactly, but... Yeah. Uh, and even Dr. Taylor was like, I've never seen it, but I did write a book about it. And it's like, huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't, I don't know. Um, for all we know, he was just a person with terrible, terrible luck around whom everybody seemed to die. That we, seems yeah. sort of strange, but... <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, we don't have good evidence, unfortunately. But hopefully, um, everyone listening stays safe from any harm of this nature. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and does and doesn't do any either, um, and also doesn't accidentally get embroiled in any such thing just because they have bad luck. I hope not. Everybody have good luck. And since it is a weekend, uh, I hope you have a great weekend, free of all. Uh, legal and poison problems and uh, that you get some rest if this is a time in your in your calendar when you normally have rest otherwise uh, if you do have to go out and handle responsibilities I hope that those go as smoothly as possible and that everyone is kind to you and that you sail through it to your time off uh, as well as possible uh, we will see you right back here tomorrow with a classic and then on Monday with brand new episode
0: Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Let's go places.